Hello, welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message uh, will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Again, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. The saints of God, it is now time for the word. Amen. Go with me, if you will, to Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to look at verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And if you would also turn with me to Matthew chapter 5, we're going to read one verse from there, verse number 6. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Hallelujah. Let's go before the Lord. Father God, we bless you and we honor you, God, for who you are. God, you continue to keep doing great things. And God, we bless you, God, for your people on today, God. So, Father, those who are watching us online, watching us on Facebook, God, we thank you that we've assembled together as one heart, God. Our hearts and our minds are turned towards you, and our desire is that you speak something into our spirits that causes a transformation, that causes a change in our lives. Bring about transformation on this day, God, in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for the power of your word. You said you sent your word and it goes forth and does not return void, God. So God, as a result of your sent word on today, we thank you, God, that people are going to be encouraged. Lives shall be changed. We bless you. We honor you, God. We lift up Bishop and Lady Jackson to you now, God. Continue to keep them covered, to continue to keep them safe. Father, just have your way. Father, as, as we go before you on in this word, Father, we thank you, Lord. God, that that word has purpose and destiny attached to it. Speak to your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, He who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Matthew 5 and 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Amen. So this morning, we'd like to put a topic before you. Uh, that I believe that God, God is speaking to us. And that is the power of desperation for the believer. The power of desperation for the believer. Amen. As I was reflecting on uh, what the Lord wanted to say to us uh, over the past week, um, you know, my mind just has kept going back to how much of a pursuit we are when it comes to how much we are pursuing God. And I was, I was remembering, there was, a, I remember uh, when my son was about two years old, and uh, one, of, one of the most uh, joyous moments for a father and a son in their relationship is that first trip to the barbershop. And I remember on this particular day, I put him in the car and um, we drove to the barbershop and 
Um, you know, I was I was really proud of my son, and 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 just we we were going to have a good day, and you know, I had all the instructions in mind and what I was going to tell my barber to do. I wanted to make sure he cut his hair with scissors and not clippers, and I had it all planned out. And I remember uh, while I was getting my hair cut, I noticed that there was a little small hair bump on the right side of my neck. That was about 16 years ago. Over the course of the years, that small bump turned into a cyst that began to progressively grow. Countless people told me I needed to get it taken care of uh, to no avail. Uh, although it grew at a slow rate, it never irritated me. It never hurt, didn't bother me. Uh, family members, my mom, every time I saw my mom, son, you need to go get that taken care of. You need to get that taken care of. But the fact of the matter was, it never hurt. It never bothered me. So I, it was something that I was okay with. Uh, over time, uh, it began to increase in growth. And then over the course of about a year, it, it, its growth increased tremendously. Uh, even more and more people wondered why uh, I hadn't got it taken care of yet. But the fact of the matter was, it never hurt me. It never irritated me. Eventually, what happened is it became infected. And it, it, it grew even larger, and it was then that it began to hurt. It was then that it began to irritate me. Eventually, the skin broke. And uh, that's when I realized it had become infected. infected. What I had grown accustomed to and somewhat comfortable with had now become a problem. I made several calls to dermatologists. And I don't know if you have ever tried to make an appointment with a dermatologist, but I can call my doctor right now and say, Doctor, I need to see you. And more than likely, I can get in tomorrow or Tuesday. But if you call a dermatologist and say, it's an emergency, I need to see you, and they'll tell you, well, this is March, so our next available appointment is not until July or August. Well, you don't understand because what I'm experiencing right now is an emergency. It's gotten critical to me. This needs to be taken care of now because this thing is hurting and it's bothering me. Uh, I, was, I was calling Charlotte. I was calling Gastonia. I called Spartanburg. I called Greenville. I was working in Spartanburg at the time. I had to find someone to see me now because whatever was going on with me now had finally become a problem for me. 16 years ago, it was a problem. 14 years ago, it was a problem. 10 years ago, it was a problem. It was something that was not supposed to be there. But now because it had gotten to the point where it irritated me and it bothered me, something had to be done. For all those years, I walked around with something that should have not have been there. It was not bothersome, I said. It did not irritate me. But the fact of the matter, it was not supposed to be there. I know that. And in a matter, um, I, I, I had gotten to a point where I had become desperate. Something had to be done. I was finally able to get an appointment. And in a matter of an hour, that situation was taken care of. Isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting that there is a power that comes with desperation? Whenever you determine that you are desperate for something, it will cause you to move and cause you to act. 
saints of God, for the believer today, if we ever get to the point where, where we are desperate for what God has and for, for what God wants to do, God will do awesome and marvelous things in and through us. There's a persistence and a determination that will come when you become desperate. What have we allowed in our lives? Or when has our attitude and approach been less conducive for the flow and spirit of God to work in our lives? Oftentimes, when you hear the word desperation, it has a negative connotation associated with it. Oh, they must be desperate. They must be desperate. And we look at it from a negative perspective. But this morning, I want you to see a positive nature behind the word desperation. Uh, what the church is lacking is desperation and the power that is associated with it. Are you considering the possibilities of what God wants to do through and in you? There are some things that God has for you. There are some things that God wants to do in you. There are some things that God wants to do through you. But we have to get to that point where we are seeking God and believing that God is going to do these things. Now, this morning, there are three states that I, that I, want, to, that I want to pose before you to make, sure, to make sure that you are not finding yourself in. Uh, the first state is, are you in a state of, com of being comfortable? You know, for all those years, I was comfortable with that thing on my neck. It didn't bother me. It didn't hurt. And, and I'll be frank. I'll be honest with you. One of the last things I wouldn't do is go to the doctor. So that's probably why it took me so long to get it taken care of. Even though people pointed it out to me, it was more bothersome to them than it was to me. Amen. So we have to be careful in our lives. What are you comfortable with this morning? What is it that's in your life that you know you should have taken care of a long time ago or should have taken care of last week, but you haven't done it because you've become comfortable with it? Saints of God, you can get to a point where you're so comfortable with something, whether it should or shouldn't be in your life, that, that, that it is not important to you. It's not important to you to take care of it. Amen. In Acts chapter 3, verses 1 and 6, uh, I want to pull this out of Scripture a little bit. It says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms for those who entered the temple. So this was a man who, who daily, his friends carried him to the gate. They laid him at the gate. Uh, and uh, th um, that was where he begged alms. Verse 3 says, who seeing Peter and John about to go in the temple, asked for alms. So this man, this man is lame, and he has grown a cut in his life. He has become comfortable in his situation, and he is content with the fact of somebody carrying him to lay him at the gate so he can ask for alms. And, and, the, and what I want to pull out is verse 4. It says, and fixing his eyes on him, with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention. So this man has been, has been laid at the table, at the temple. And as people are coming into the temple, he's asking them, he's asking them for money. He's asking them for alms. So Peter seeing this man, he said, he says, look at us. 
So instantly, what happens is the man thinks, oh, I'm about to get something. They're about to give me some money. Because verse 5 says, so he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Saints of God, he was expecting to receive something from them. Now, the wonderful thing is Peter says to him, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So this man was expecting for them to give him some money because he was comfortable in his, in his situation. There was no other expectation he had, nothing else he had in mind to receive outside of receiving some money. Amen. We have to be careful that we don't become so comfortable in our, in our situation or in our condition that our expectation goes away when it comes to the things of God. Saints of God, we can get to that place where we no longer expect things from God because now we are comfortable in the position that we're in. Hallelujah. The man was comfortable being brought to the temple to simply beg. Amen. His expectation was to receive money from them rather than his healing. Now, he was excited once he got his healing. He praised God for his healing. Amen. But prior to that, there, there was not even a thought in his mind. Hallelujah. So somebody out there needs to understand so that regardless of what you are going through, what you've been through, or what you feel like you are facing— don't ever get so comfortable that you discount the power of God to the extent that you have no expectation that God is going to move on your behalf because you are not waiting on God. Sometimes God is waiting on you to move. Hallelujah. Amen. The, the, next, place that, the next place I want to make sure that we don't find ourselves in, amen, is, is at a place of acceptance, a place of acceptance. In John chapter 5, verse 1 says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man, a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. Amen. Out of the scriptures, I want to focus on the fact that Jesus asked the man, do you want to be made whole? Jesus, seeing that he had already been in that condition for a long time. The Bible says he was in this condition for 38 years. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being in that condition for 38 years, amen, amen, and, 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 being, and, and seeing other people healed, amen. And, and not only that, when Jesus went and asked him, sir, do you want to be made well? The man's response, the man's reply was not, yes, I, yes, I want to be made well. What the man offered Jesus was an excuse. He says, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. 
But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Now, I believe that if this was the case for me, after about the third time that somebody beat me to the water, I believe I would have had a plan in place if I really wanted to be made well. I believe I would have had the, the very people who brought me to the pool to, to stay a little while longer so I could make sure I got down there in time. But when Jesus asked the man, he says, sir, do you want to be made well? The man gives him an excuse and says, because of the conditions that I'm facing, because, because of what is happening to me, I'm not in a position to be made well. In other words, the man laying at that pool, even though he made the effort to get to the pool, he had become accepting of the fact, accepting of the fact that he was not able to get into the pool. Hallelujah. But Jesus says him, says him, Jesus says him, rise up, take up your bed and walk. Are you accepting of where you are? Sometimes we appear to be making an effort, yet we are simply going through the motions. This is what the man was doing. Have you ever found yourself just going through the motions as if you are seeking God, yet you are far from him because you have accepted things as they are? My brothers and sisters, amen, acceptance is a dangerous thing, amen, because the Bible says eyes have not seen and ears not, have not heard what the Lord has prepared for you. Hallelujah. Amen. And we have to believe that all things are working together for our good. Why? Because we love the Lord and we're called according to his purposes. Hallelujah. So, so in, in, in the midst of what I'm experiencing, in the midst of what I'm facing, hallelujah, I never should find myself in a position where I'm accepting. Hallelujah. I always have to believe that change is going to become because God is always moving. God is always transforming things. God is always releasing things. God is always at work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The, la the last place I want to make sure that we're not in a position of is a position of conformity. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 12 says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do you remember the, the rich young ruler who came to Jesus and said, Jesus, what can I do to obtain eternal life? Amen. Jesus said, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, and that is God. He said, you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witnesses. Honor your father and mother. And he said, all these things I have kept from my youth. Amen. So when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come, follow me. Amen. But the Bible says that when the, when the rich ruler heard this, he became very sorrowful. Hallelujah. Do you value what you have more than what God potentially has for you? This man was earnest in his inquiry of salvation, but when he found out the price, he cherished his possessions more than the thought of salvation. We've got to be careful. We've got to be careful of the value that we place on what we have. We've got to be careful of the value that we place on people. We've got to be careful about the value that we will place on relationships. Hallelujah, because you find yourself in a place of being conformed, amen, to what society says, what culture says. But understand that what God has for you, not only is it is for you, but it is intended for his glory and not your glory. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. So, so what does it mean <coughs> to experience desperation? Desperation is the feeling that you have. I looked this up in the dictionary. Amen. Cambridge. The feeling that you have when you are in such a bad situation that you are willing to take risks in order to change it. The feeling of needing or wanting something very much. Hallelujah. Now, that's what, that's what the dictionary said for desperation. But this morning, I want to give you a different definition for desperation. Desperation is the feeling that you have when you are in such a good situation that you are willing to walk by faith to see it realized in your life. Amen. The feeling that you have when you are in such a good situation, and by good situation, amen, I'm not talking about what you see from a, tan from, from a, from a physical, from your physical side or from your senses. I'm talking about being in a good situation because you're in the hand of God. Hallelujah. You're in such a good situation that you're willing to walk by faith. Hallelujah. In order, in order to see it change. Don't you know that God has something for you? Where you are right now is not your final destination. God has some things for you that he, that he wants to release in your life. But in order for them to get released, my brothers and sisters, you've got to take some action. Amen. It, it, it's more than, than just saying words. It's more than just singing songs. Hallelujah. But there's some action that, ha that has to take place. Amen. Jesus came preaching repentance. Look at Jesus' life. He came preaching repentance for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He, Jesus came to establish the kingdom of God on earth. There was an urgency and a consistency behind the ministry of Jesus. Oh, no, Jesus did not waste time. Jesus didn't waste time. Every aspect of Jesus' life and his ministry was deliberate. Every aspect of Jesus' life and Jesus' ministry was intentional. Every aspect of Jesus' life and his ministry was timely with regard to spreading the message and offering hope to the world. Jesus said, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Amen. Jesus also said, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. Brothers and sisters, we've got to understand that there's a work that God wants to do in and through us. There's a work, there's a will that he has for your life. Jesus came, and when he came, Jesus was desperate to see. He was desperate to see the kingdom established. He was desperate to see healings manifested. He was desperate to see miracles taking place. So much so that every step he took was intentional. My brothers and sisters, can we say this morning that every step we take is intentional and deliberate when it comes to what God wants to do in and through us. Hallelujah. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man 
are ordered by the Lord. Hallelujah. So when you rise up in the morning, every step you take should be one of intent and deliberation. Every step you take should be one of desperation. Why? Because when you woke this morning, hallelujah, there was something that God wanted to do in and through you. There was something that God wanted to do for you. There are some things that God wants to release into your life. Hallelujah. But in order for you to see those things manifested, there has to be some deliberation to take place. You've got to be intentional about what you want to do, about how you are seeking God. The Bible says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. They shall be filled. Hallelujah. God declares, those who have a hunger and a thirst for righteousness shall be filled. Hallelujah. There should be a calming that comes with seeking after God. It gives you a confidence and an assurance that he has everything under control. It comes down to giving up control of your life, amen, to him for the sake of allowing him to do what he wants to, you, wants to do in and through you. Hallelujah. He who comes to God, hallelujah, you must believe that God is you must believe that God is all-powerful. You must believe that God is all-knowing. You must believe that God is Jehovah Jireh, that he is your provider. You must believe that God is Jehovah Rapha, that he is your healer. You must believe, hallelujah, that he is your righteousness. Your righteousness is found in him. You must believe that he is I am. Glory to God. There's something to be said about how God moves and responds to those who seek after him. There's something to be said about how God moves and responds to those who seek after him. Do you remember Elisha and the Shunammite woman? Amen. When Elisha came and, and she put him up and, and she took care of him. And Elijah said, um, you know, the Bible says that she was barren in 2 Kings. The Bible says that she was barren. And but when Elijah was leaving, Elijah said, he said, what is it? What is it that you want? And she said, I don't, I don't want anything. And he, he, he tells her about this time, you are going to have a son. And she essentially said, don't play with me because you, you know the situation I'm in. But Elijah wasn't playing. The Bible says that she had a the Bible says that after, after a period of time, she had a son. And it came to pass that the child died. And this woman, when her child died, she became desperate. She wasn't desperate in her sorrow. She wasn't desperate in her hurt. She wasn't desperate in her anger. She was desperate because of her promise. She was promised a son. So she moved out of her desperation. Hallelujah. My brothers and my sisters, no matter what you are going through, no matter what you are facing, don't become desperate in your frustration. Don't become desperate in your hurt or your anger or your disappointment. Become desperate after your promise. Hallelujah. The Bible says that she told, she told her servants to get a donkey ready. And she went to the man of God. She passed Elijah's uh, servant. Elijah, the servant, saw the woman from afar off. And he said, isn't that that Shunammite woman? So he sent Gehazi to 
see what was wrong with her. When she got to, when she got to Gehazi, she told him all was well. Hallelujah. Because in her mind, in her spirit, all was well. Her son may have been laying back in her house with no breath or no life in him, but she was clinging on to. She was desperate for the promise that she had been given. Hallelujah. So when she got to Elijah, she told him that it was a son that you promised me. Hallelujah. In other words, when she got to where God was, she reminded God of his promise, and God had to make good on his promise. The Bible says Elijah went back to her house, laid on the child, and a child, child came back to life. Hallelujah. My brothers and my sisters, when we get desperate for the promise that God has for us, watch God move in your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Look at the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible says that for 12 months, she had spent everything that she had. She had tried it. She had tried all the doctors she knew to try. She didn't have any more money. She didn't have any more trust in doctors, but she heard about a man named Jesus. And she said, if I could just get to him and touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made well. She was desperate. She was desperate. And she was determined. She was determined to see her, to, to see her healing. Amen. She was desperate to see her healing. So she pressed her way through the crowd. And when she got to, when she got to Jesus's garment, she touched it. And the Bible says instantly she was, she was healed. Amen. It was a faith that she had. Amen. Hallelujah. God has so much for us. God has so much for us, but we've got to be desperate for him. We got to be desperate for him. Amen. There, there, there is a power. There is a power behind desperation. When you, when you take the desperation of a believer and you connect it to the word, you connect it to the promise and connect it to your faith, watch God move on your behalf. God does not want to see us comfortable. God does not want to see us accepting. And God does not want to, to see us conforming. God wants to see us in pursuit of him. God wants to see us in pursuit of him. So he puts a challenge before us. The challenge before us this morning is examine yourself. Where are you comfortable? Where are you accepting? Where have you conformed? Because what God has for you, amen, is far more powerful, far more greater than anything that you could ever imagine. Anything that you could ever imagine. Amen. God wants to see. You think about the church. The Bible says in the book of Acts that they turned the world upside down. We are more powerful than we have become. We are more powerful than we have become. Amen. When we begin to pursue him, when we begin to diligently seek him, when in our hearts we become desperate for him, it will change 
our lives. It will change our lives. There's so much. There's so much that God wants to do. Begin to speak. Those things are, are not as though they are. Begin to declare the word over your body, over your household, over your family. Begin to declare the word because he said his word goes forth and does not return void. Amen. There's a power in you. There's a power in you that you can change things. You can change atmospheres from a distance because of the power that God has put in you. Amen. Be encouraged because there's power and desperation for the believer. Let's go before the Lord. Father, we bless you and we honor you for who you are, for what you are doing, for all that you have done. We thank you, Lord, for the power of your word. We thank you, Lord, for everyone who is under the sound of my voice. And we lift them up to you right now, God. Every situation, every circumstance, every place they find themselves, that in that place, God, that they become desperate for you. Not for what you can do, but for you. That we hunger and thirst for righteousness so that you can fill us. We want to be found pleasing in your sight. So God, have your way. We thank you, Lord God, for moving in a powerful way in the lives of your people. And as they continue to move forward in your word, God, God, that transformation is going to take place. Father, we thank you, Lord, that your word is sealed in the hearts of your people. That we have been encouraged, we've been edified, we've been challenged. All that you desire to do, we give you praise for it. So God, continue to have your way in our lives. Continue to be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, 
and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.